0: Can you imagine running for your life for years, hiding, hiding in caves, knowing someone's trying to kill you, going through some of the most difficult difficult things someone could possibly have to go through, like losing a child. Having children not turn out the way that you would hope they'd turn out. Even a son one day wanting to kill you and take your throne. These are the things that David went through in his life. Yet that last song that we sang, the writer says it's based on a psalm written by David. Oh, you've been faithful. You've been so, so good. That doesn't sound like something I'd want to say to a God that let me go through all that stuff I just mentioned, right? But it tells you, when God says, here's a man after my own heart, that means he's looking at the world a little bit differently than the rest of us, right? And seeing things for what God sees them rather than how we see them. Doesn't mean the guy's perfect by no means. And we're going to see him make a mistake today in our story. But before we get to today's story in in God's Word, let's backtrack a little bit. What was last week's story? We're doing a a series through the life of David, by the way. If if this is your first time today uh, here in... Uh, a story on the lessons of the power and strength of God. These lessons are coming as we look at David's life. What was last week's story about? Somebody tell me. Abigail, Abigail. yeah, David and Abigail. We were it was Mother's Day, and so we found a mother, a, a lady that really was very kind and generous, and and bailed out not only her husband but then helped David and all of his men. Her husband ends up dying and. David ends up making her his wife. But even before that story, today's story is going to come before that. And before we get to today's story, just some things to set it up. Samuel, God tells Samuel to anoint David to be the next king of Israel. But someone's sitting on the throne, and his name is Saul, King Saul. Remember, God anointed king, had Samuel to anoint King Saul as well to be the king. Okay? He blessed Saul. God put his spirit on Saul. Saul made some really bad decisions, though. And God began to point his spirit toward David. And as this happened, one of the things, one of the first things that Saul asked David to do in his court to help him with depression was what? Y'all remember? Play the harp. Play the harp for him. And so to set up today's story, we go back and we see these other occasions where David would be in the palace, even after he's defeated Goliath, the giant. We had that story. And David would be sitting there playing his harp. King Saul may have a little bit more going on than depression from time to time. Drunkenness might not be helping the situation either. And do you know what sometimes Saul would do while David's playing his harp? Yeah, how would he try to kill him? He would pick up his spear and throw it at David right there in the palace hall. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if somebody threw a spear at me, now David had enough awareness to duck, right? (laughs) Right. And not let it hit him. I don't know about y'all, but if I were David, I think I'd I'd have picked that booger up and I'd have threw it right back at him. David never does that. So that shows us, David realizes that God's authority even to make Saul king is important. No matter how evil this king may be, David chooses not to pick the the spear back up and throw it at him. Instead, just avoids the situation. And all these times, that begins to lead into David running for his life because a king is trying to kill him. And let's remember, the king has given his daughter, Michal. To be his wife, that's David's first wife. David's best friend is Saul's son named Jonathan. And Saul's still trying to kill him with everything he's got. Because he's found out this is who God wants to be king. No longer does he want me to be king. And David's running for his life and running for his life and running for his life. In the Bible, it seems kind of like a quick story. All this happens in less than 10 chapters. But in reality, this running for his life from the time David is anointed by Samuel to be the king of Israel to the time he actually becomes the king of Israel is well over 10 years. Now uh, imagine being in desperation for over 10 years Have you ever had trouble sleeping? Pretty sure David had some trouble sleeping on some nights, don't you? No doubt about it. Not knowing who he can trust. Not knowing who he can go to. So I pose this question to you. If you're all alone, and God can't be your answer for this one. This has to be a human being. If you're all alone and you know where else to go, you're you're going to God in prayer. Who is that one person that you find to help you? Think about it for a minute. That one person. I'm not going to let you answer this one out loud because you may give an answer. It might upset somebody else sitting next to you. Okay? So I don't want you to rhetorically answer. Just, Just think about this answer, right? But think about that. That, who would that one person be? I got nowhere else to go. I can't trust anybody. Where am I going? Well, today's story we find out where David goes, and this is our story, basically as it's told in God's Word, in First Samuel uh, chapter twenty-one through twenty-three. That's where this story comes from. Don't turn to your Bible. We're going to learn the story. So David finds himself uh, running from Saul, and a few men are going with David now. He's found some 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 buddies, but keep in mind these guys aren't the best people in society. Many of them owe debts. They're bandits. They're misfits. They're wanted by the king like David. But they're with David. And David's running from Saul. And where does David go when he has nowhere else to go? He goes to the priest. His name, everybody say Ahimelech. Ahimelech Ahimelech is his name. That's where David goes. He goes to the high priest, Ahimelech. And the priest was in charge of the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of God. He guarded it. And he sees David, and he asks David a question. Why are you here? And David answers, But here's one of the boo-boos David makes. David tells a lie. He says, the king has sent me on a mission. And he told me. uh, He didn't tell me where I'm going. And I'm, I'm on my way trying to get there. But me and the men that are with me, we don't have anything to eat. And we need some bread. You wouldn't happen to have some bread, priest Ahimelech. Ahimelech says the only bread that we have here is the show bread that's used for the holy place. And only priests are allowed to eat this bread. And this bread is old, he he says, and they took it from the altar after that they had... Uh, bless the bread and the loaves that are there. And the priest says, I suppose you can have the bread, but only if you and your men are clean and not done anything unclean. And well, we know David just lied, so he's not clean. So there's that. But David again says, We're on this mission for the king, so of course we're all clean. And holy before the Lord. So Ahimelech gave them this old bread. And David noticed that a man, remember this name. Everybody say Doeg. Doeg. Doeg the Edomite. He saw the whole thing take place. Now what makes Doeg an important person in the story? He was the chief shepherd for King Saul. After after this, David says to Ahimelech, I left so fast that I forgot to bring my weapons too on this mission for the king. You wouldn't happen to have a sword or a spear that I could borrow. And Ahimelech says, The only sword that I have here with the Ark of the Covenant is the sword that you used to cut off Goliath's head. But you can have that one back it's the only one I've got, though. So David took the sword, and he continued his escape from Saul. And the Bible tells us that David then went, became so desperate to hide from Saul that he left Israel. And he went to a place called Gath. Y'all remember who's from Gath? Goliath was from Gath. This is where the Philistines live. He goes not only to where the Philistines are, but he goes to Goliath's hometown. I don't know if you remember the the story about Goliath. Not only did David kill Goliath and cut his head off that day, but the Israelites routed the Philistines. Do you think David's a very liked person in the Philistine place where they live, where Goliath's from? No, he wouldn't be liked at all. So, there he would be out of Saul's reach, though, so that's how afraid and desperate he was to get away from King Saul. The people told the king of the Philistines at that time, we think we have seen David, the one that they sing about in Israel. and They sing a song that says, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. And when David heard that people had recognized him in Gath, he immediately pretended that he was a madman. He was insane. See, people of that day didn't hurt those that were insane because they were afraid they might might have an evil spirit in them. So David fell down. When the people saw him and began clawing himself and he began to let drool flow down his beard and when the king saw David he said this man's crazy get him out of here so David left Gath and hid in a cave his brothers brought him all the his brothers brought him all their relatives so that they'd be safe from Saul And David took his parents to Moab to hide them as well so that they would be protected from the king there. And soon the men started arriving uh, to join David. And these were men that were in trouble, as we'd mentioned before. More men began to come to David's aid that were thieves and bandits and owed money to the the nation. The Bible says... Finally, there ended up being about 400 men there with David, hiding in the cave with him. That's a big cave, would not it? They rallied around him, and David became their leader. Meanwhile, everybody remember Doeg the Edomite? He's gone to King Saul, and he said, I saw Ahimelech give David food and the sword of Goliath. So Saul went to see Ahimelech. And all 85 of Ahimelech's priests were there with him when Saul arrived. Saul says to Ahimelech, Why have you helped this son of Jesse? You know he wants to kill me. And Ahimelech responded to King Saul, I thought he was your faithful servant. After all, he's your son in law. I didn't know there was trouble between you. And David, and then Saul turned to his guards, and he said, kill these men, all of them. They're on David's side. The guards were shocked. They didn't move because they weren't about to kill the priest of the Lord. Then Saul realized that his own guards would not kill the priest, and he turned to Doeg, the Edomite, and he said, kill all these men and everything they own. Doeg then went about, and he killed every single priest that day. Not only did he kill the priest, he killed their wives, he killed their children, and even their livestock, their cows, their goats, everything. Only one son of Ahimelech was able to escape And he ran and told David everything that had happened. We really see some desperation, don't we? Not just from David in this story, but also from King Saul. So here's what we're going to do this morning as we retell this story to learn it. As I want us to create, has anybody ever heard of a tableau? Like a photo op tableau? We're going to create a couple of tableaus. So I'm going to need some helpers to help me create this tableau. What we're going to have here is this is going to be, this side of the sanctuary is where Ahimelech and his priest are, right? So everybody, priest, wave at me, Ahimelech and, and priest. So I need somebody on this side to be Ahimelech for me, to be the high priest. You can be the high priest. Remind me of your name. Olivia's going to be our high priest. She's going to be a Ahimelech, okay? All right. And we've got a Ahimelech and the priest on this side. Then on this side, this is going to be Gath. Y'all are a bunch of old mean Philistines, okay? We need somebody to be the king of the Philistines over here. A king of the Philistines. Somebody, if, if nobody volunteers, then I will get to pick people. Well I, You're on the wrong side But I know Alright come on Alright we got the king Of the Philistines And I like getting all ages involved So the next person I ask I want to be somebody over the age of 20 Alright we We're going to have two Davids today Because we've got David acting out two different stories Kind of don't we So we need a David for this one. Who would like to be David over here? I need somebody 20 or older. Come on. There we go. There we go. Now I need a David for this side. Come on, Philip. He's got a beard. He can drool in that beard. Yeah, this is the the madman David. This is the lying David. <laughs> okay, we also we also need on this one. We're gonna eventually need a. I'm thinking the wrong group. This one we need a. Goli- I mean a, a king Saul. Over here, we need a King Saul that's going to show up. I see a hand back there. Come on. Come on. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm just going to start. Brother Jerry, why don't, you be, why don't you be King Saul for us? All right. So let's begin our story, and as we, I'm going to find more characters as we as we do through our story, and I'll just add to both sides. So we've got one story: Ahimelech and the high priest. David's running from King Saul. Right? He has gotten so desperate; he doesn't know where else to turn. Who does he go to? Ahimelech, the high priest. And David, when he comes to Ahimelech, the high priest, does he tell the truth? He doesn't. Y'all remember what he tells? What David tells Ahimelech, the high priest? Why is, Ahimelech says, why are you here? On a, on a mission for who? For the king. He says he's on a mission for the king. And really, he's running from the king, isn't he? And then, after he tells him that, he says, well, not only we're on a mission, but I've got some guys that are hanging out with me, and we're hungry, and we need some food. Ahimelech says, what's the only food he has? That's right, the showbread that's there only for the priest to eat. It's consecrated by God. And then David says, we're really hungry. And finally, Ahimelech says, well... I guess you can have some of this if you and your men are clean before God. Oh, yeah, we wouldn't go on a mission for the king if we weren't clean. So Ahimelech gives David and his men that bread. He says, not only do I need some bread, but I don't have a spear or a sword. You don't happen to have one of those, do you? And what sword does Ahimelech just happen to have? The one that... David used to cut Goliath's head off, right, with. And so here we are, Ahimelech gives David some bread and the sword of, of Goliath, and David takes off. Meanwhile, King Saul has none of this is going on yet, right? And David, <laughs> David, David runs away with his men. He is in such desperation to get away from Saul, he even leaves Israel and goes to this place where all these Philistines are, called Gath, and goes to David's hometown. And while David's there, some people recognize him. And they are saying things like, I'm pretty sure this is the guy that everybody sings songs about. They sing that song that says Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. And word gets to the king of Gath, right? That David's around. And then David finds out the king of Gath knows that he's around, that people have recognized him. And so, what does David decide to do? What a great idea! I'll just act like a nutcase. He's a man, he starts scratching himself, he starts drooling all over his beard crawling on the floor <laughs> and the king of Gath says this guy is a madman he must have an evil spirit and they let David be because of that because people in that day didn't mess with folks that were crazy they thought they had an evil spirit and so David escapes the Bible also tells us that David checks on his family and makes sure that his family's safe his parents and his brothers his relatives. And it sends them to Moab to be safe. Then, one person I forgot to mention in our story over here. who I, I left him out of the story. We need somebody that can be real mean. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need a egg the Edomite, right? Egg the Edomite. Who's going to be Doeg the Edomite? You don't want to do it. Okay. Lee, you, you want to do it, Lee? Yeah, because we, we need a dough egg. So dough egg, the Edomite, remember he was there and heard everything that happened. and he goes to King Saul and he tells King Saul that Ahimelech, the high priest, gave David bread and a sword and helped him. and King Saul was like, "You crazy idiot." Don't you know David's trying to kill me? Why would you help him? Right? And so Saul goes with Doeg to the high priest and asks the high priest, Why would you, why would you help David? You know he's trying to kill me. And the high priest says, What? I've... I thought David was on a mission for you. I mean, he's your son-in-law, right? Well, I thought you guys were on good terms. And Saul gets so mad. What does Saul command his guards to do? To kill Ahimelech. And how many priests were there with him? Eighty-five priests. But what do the guards do? The guards are shocked. They will not touch a priest of God. Pretty wise guards, aren't they? So Saul's like, well, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to get my man Doeg. Doeg the Edomite. (laughs) Kills Ahimelech. And all 85 of the priests, except one, one son of Ahimelech escapes. But not only does he kill Ahimelech, And those other priests, he kills their wives, their children, their dogs, their cats, their cows, their goats and horses, everything they had. Doeg kills them all. And that son that got away goes and tells David what has happened. Y'all give them a hand for helping us today. So some things that we can learn, some lessons that we can learn from this story today, some life lessons. The first one is that God wants us to rely solely on him, right? God wants us to rely solely on him. We see David trying to rely on his own strength. How many of you think a little white lie is a good thing every once in a while? Listen, it, wouldn't, it didn't look bad for David, did it? But boy, it had serious consequences for Ahimelech and his family and all the priests of Israel. You know, you may think, well, I'm not doing anything that will hurt me. There's, there's more than just me in this world, right? There's others. And everything I do affects other people. So who can we really trust? We can't trust ourselves. You know, we can't, other people, I I, I guarantee you, you're around me long enough. At some point, I'm going to let you down. Just ask my wife, (laughs) right? I'm going to do something that isn't exactly what you think I ought to do. I'm going to let you down at some point. There's only one person in this world that we can trust, and it's God, Amen? amen? We can always trust God. And so leading from that, that God wants us all to rely solely on him, if we are not relying solely on God, when desperate times come, we'll falter. We'll make a mistake like David did. We'll tell a little lie. And lying is a huge problem. The Bible doesn't cover up David's lies. You know, it, the, the story writer of 1 Samuel could have covered all this up for us, couldn't they? It's not covered up. We see David for who he really is. He makes mistakes. Real people mess up. We all mess up. We all sin. We all tell lies. And God loves us in spite of our actions. Aren't you glad for that? That doesn't give us a reason to do it, though. We don't, we don't know exactly why David lied. Maybe he was hoping a Himelech would protect him or trying to keep a Himelech from getting involved or, or David just watching out for himself. Instead, by lying, what David ended up doing was creating a much bigger problem that led to Himelech's death and all those priests. And then, David was so desperate when he hid in Goliath's hometown in Gath that he acted like a nutcase. You know? If we're not trusting in God and desperate times come, we could do some of the same foolish things David did. A third lesson we can learn. We should show love and mercy to those in need like Ahimelech did. you got to love Ahimelech's heart in this story, don't you? You know? Jesus refers to this story in Matthew chapter 12. And he, in this story, Jesus tells the Pharisees that the purpose of the law is to have mercy on others. And the reason he used this story is because many of these Pharisees would have thought, well, we should do exactly according to the law. Well, the law says don't let anybody have that bread but the priest. But Ahimelech saw somebody in need that was hungry and used something consecrated by the Lord to help feed somebody and met a need right there. We can learn from that. There may be things we shouldn't do, But sometimes we may need to change what we think we ought to do to help somebody, right? And i got to get here at such and such time. But I see that person in there. You know what? What i got to do over here might not be as important as helping somebody in need, right? And then the last lesson we can learn from this story. We see David, where he goes when there's nowhere else to go. And this is just a little bit of symbolism in this lesson. Because I don't know if that's really where his heart and mind was at this time. I think he was in real fear and desperation. But lastly, come to God's sanctuary to be fed and equipped. You know, there's a lot of reasons to come to church. There's a lot of reasons to come to worship. There's a lot of you, we're here today, we're celebrating homecoming. That's a good reason to be here. But there's no reason that's better to be here. Than to be fed on God's Word and equipped by God's Word. And that's the reason we need to be involved in church on a regular basis. Just think, you miss out on getting food a few days, you begin to know it, don't you? It's the same way with spiritual food. We We need God's spiritual food on a regular basis. We need to be around the brothers and sisters of Christ on a regular basis, to be fed and to be equipped. And that's why Jesus instituted the church to give us a place to be fed and equipped on a weekly, if not daily basis, being around other brothers and sisters in Christ. Remember our key verse of this whole series of learning about God's power and strength? It's Psalm 71, 17 and 18, where David says this in his old age, God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still proclaim your wonderful works. Even now as I am old and gray, God, do not abandon me. Then I will proclaim your power to another generation, your strength to all who are to come. Proclaim God's power each and every day. God's word is full of examples of his power and strength. Let's pray together as we get ready for a hymn of commitment. Heavenly Father, we're grateful to be able to celebrate homecoming today and to be here. We're also grateful for your word that shows us to rely on you. This story about David shows us things that even when we get desperate in life and things aren't going our way, we still need to keep our eye fixed on you or we will falter and do something that we'll regret in life. Lord, we should show love and mercy when we see those in need. And we thank you that you have provided this church a place where we can be fed and we can be equipped on a regular basis. We love you, Lord, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.